Welcome, welcome, one and all, to another edition of the Empire Rights Back podcast. I'm John Franklin, co-site expert with the guy to my left, Mr. Sean Dyer. We're bringing in a special guest, Sean, John Carroll, one of our writers, to talk all things Bills because this is our NFL special. We're so excited to bring it out. You preseason is underway. There's no better time of year. It's like Christmas in August. There's nothing better. But, Sean, you know, we're going to start things off with uh, probably the most exciting team in New York right now, the team that... Most people think of a good chance at Super Bowl contention, definitely a playoff team, the New York Giants. Their offseason has been highly productive. I'd say one of the more productive across the NFL in general. Uh, why don't you take us through maybe some free, free agent acquisitions, how they did in the NFL draft. What's your take? So if you remember 2016 offseason for the Giants was a big-time spending spree. Went out and signed Olivier Vernon, uh, Damon Snack Harrison, and Janoris Jenkins. Uh, luckily for the Giants, obviously a lot of free agents signings in the NFL don't work out quite as well as New York's did, uh, but because they were all three were pretty much home runs, didn't have a ton of holes coming into this offseason, so free agency was a little bit quieter, but they did fill some big holes with the signings they did make. Went out and got Brandon Marshall, a uh, former New York Jet, to join a wide receiver court that had Odell Beckham Jr. and Sterling Shepard already in it. Uh, went and added DJ Fluker, trying to bolster the offensive line, which has been an issue for seems like forever now that they're trying to uh, fill the hole, fill the shoes of the uh, O'Hara's and the McKenzie's and the David Deals. Luke Pettigrew. Yeah. People forget. <laughs> so, yeah, so there's the, when the Giants won Super Bowl championships, it was behind a strong offensive line. They're trying to get back to that. Uh, DJ Fluker, nothing, nothing special, uh, but hopefully we'll provide some depth on the right side of the line, play tackle and guard in San Diego. So that's really most of what they did in free agency, adding those two. Uh, then went into the draft, added Givy Manning another weapon uh, with first-round pick uh, Evan Ingram, tight end of Ole Miss. Well, fastest tight end of the combine, faster than all but four wide receivers in the 40-yard dash. So his game is speed. He's not much of an inline blocker, per se, uh, as far as tight ends go. But he should work in the slot, go up the seam, which the Giants have been, really have been starved of someone that can just work the seam and take attention off of their receivers. Hopefully Evan Ingram does that. Another free agent signing they did add uh, Red Ellison to the tight end group, who's more of a fullback, H-back, blocker type. So he should help with the running game. Uh, the Giants added Wayne Gallman to the running game, uh, fourth-round draft pick. Uh, I know you, you like Gallman. Adam, Adam, to Paul, Adam in with Paul Perkins. They move on from Rashad Jennings, who had... A lackluster career. An uneven, an uneven career with the Giants. <laughs> a lack, horrible. I, I don't know if I'd say horrible. He wasn't... Not good. Uh, these are my takes. These are not Sean's. These I, are... <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I wasn't... I'm not as down on Rashad Jennings as you were. He's a great dancer, which is great for him. Uh, okay. Didn't help as much when he was in pads. But, yeah, they move on from him, kind of get some younger legs in, in terms of running backs. They did lose Jonathan Hankins uh, at D-tackle, which I was a little upset about. It seemed that that saga went on for so long it seemed like the only option really was for Hankins to come back to the I Giants. I so too. Uh, he was looking for a big contract. No one was giving it to him for the longest time and it seemed like he would have to settle coming back to the Giants. But the Colts went out there and threw him a big contract and he left, uh, which he's the only starting, the starter out of the 11 defenders from last year. Giants had one of the top defenses last year. Only lose one starter and Hankins replaced him with second-round pick Dalvin Tomlinson. And he's supposed to be really, really yeah, good. Yeah, I mean, Alabama I mean, boy, Nick Saban churns him out. There he's NFL uh, factory almost. 
Especially so, on the defensive side mm-hmm. of things, too. Yeah, yeah, there's been a couple of busts in terms of offensive guys, but yeah, defense. Their defense, it's just so sound and so... They're coached so well. Yeah. They're coming in ready to go to be... They're already disciplined the as an NFL player. There. Yeah, they're yeah. ready. They're just ready to come in and do a job, get in the office, get out of the office, and win. Yeah, yeah that's it. And the closest thing you can find to NFL football is probably Alabama. Right. And SEC football in general. So I think... Wasn't a ton of holes coming in for the Giants. The ones that they had or were created by guys leaving, they filled. So uh, I think, uh, yeah, it was a good off season overall. Like you said, one of the more productive ones in the NFL. Um, it's always nice to not have a ton of holes. It's even better to fill them. So uh, yeah, I think uh, one of the reasons why the Giants are playoff contenders this year, possibly Super Bowl. Right, and you know, I want to just touch on the. You, you spoke about Evan Ingram a little bit. I'm obviously a big fan of Evan Ingram. At the time of the pick, I don't know what Giants fans really felt with Evan Ingram. It was very iffy, but for me, I was one of them that really didn't like it. I thought I, it, say I was I, one of those as well. I did not think it addressed any type of need. I was, I was ready for them to draft um, linebacker out of Alabama whose name is escaping me. Foster. Yeah, Ruben Foster. Yeah. Thank you. I thought that was a surefire thing and. Now, Evan Ingram apparently is having a good camp. He had one of his best days this week. And uh, Jonathan Casillas is apparently stepping up and, and doing some big things in, in camp as well. And I don't know. I just think that m- maybe the Foster pick at the time was ideal. But now, Evan Ingram, the way he's stepping up. And like you said, we need a guy who's going to split the seam. And the last guy I can really remember doing that, maybe not well, but doing it effectively for the Giants... Kevin Boss was really good yeah. at splitting a seam. And, like, even Martellus Bennett, when he was with us, uh, was more of an outside threat. They liked to run the wheel with him and get him down the sideline. One play I, I just remember, it's, it sticks in my head, was him going up and getting the ball down the sideline for a touchdown. I, I think against the Eagles was Bennett. But I remember Kevin Boss always running that bump and seam play right up the middle. And I think that's what Ingram's going to offer. He might run more out of the slot, yeah. which could take targets away from Sterling Shepard. But I'm also not too worried about that because Shepard wasn't much of a tight uh, touchdown threat. He was more of a kind of a speed guy. Move, move the sticks guy. Yeah, exactly. Like, kind of like Steve Smith was back in the yeah. day. And now we're finally finding that guy who's going to go up and get the ball over a defender. Because, to be honest, Odell Beckham, who is great one-on-one coverage, one of the best man-on-man wide receivers in the Absolutely. league. You can throw it up and he'll go get it, but he doesn't have that size. To go up and get it, he's he's not like the guy who's going to overpower you. He's going to outjump you. Evan Ingram, he's just a matchup nightmare. Right. You know, like there's just it's just so hard. It's too quick for a linebacker and too big for a nickel corner. Yeah. It's just the best thing, in my opinion, that it's going to be for the Giants. Yeah, I mean, you said obviously Odell Beckham to find a hole in this game is nitpicking, but if there is one, it's his size. He's only five eleven, which is why the Giants going to add Brandon Marshall, who's six four, right. and then Evan Ingram, who's a big. They're both matchup nightmares. Uh, yeah, I think. Eli loves to use his tight ends. Especially in the red zone. Yeah, and even Especially. though he, they haven't given him any great ones, but like a guy like Kevin Boss or a Bear Pascal he or Jake, Jake Ballard. Ballard great. He these guys, made Jake Ballard. These guys are not supposed to be NFL tight ends, and then Eli makes them into respectable tight ends. And then you look at it, Kevin Boss looked like a very good NFL tight end, goes to Oakland, never heard from again. Yeah. So Eli, Eli turns these guys into NFL tight ends, and he... Likes to use them, use them well. Bennett was probably the best one he's had since Shockey, uh, talent-wise. He obviously turned Kevin Boston into something that he probably wasn't. But yeah, I mean, you got like guys like a Brandon Myers, absolutely oh, terrible. Oh, he was so bad when he came. Larry, Larry Donnell, 
probably the most frustrating giant I've ever watched. Oh my! He either, Hold on to the ball. He either didn't catch it, or if he did, he fumbled immediately afterwards. Crazy. Uh, I'm very glad that he we moved on from him. And Will Ty. He un- made Will Ty look good too. And though. Will Ty, yeah, and I, he's still a giant. I like Will Ty. Uh, it's gonna be an uphill battle for him to make the the roster this year because of and, Ingram and Ellison being added, and, and even Jarrell Adams, who looks like he's coming on really strong. And he's got huge size. He's six five. Yeah. So yeah, I, but yeah, he did turn Will Ty into something that maybe he. Wasn't he undrafted guy? Uh, tight end Stony, Stony Brook. Brook. Not much expected of him, but yeah, he was a pretty good receiver when it, t- especially when it came to either Larry Zanell or Will Ty. You knew Will Ty would at least hang on to the football, right? So he was definitely the preferred tight end last year. But they've made big upgrades. And he wasn't there. afraid to go up the middle. He was just a little no. undersized. Yeah. Oh, he definitely definitely undersized, which is probably his biggest flaw. He looked more like a fullback, but he wasn't. A great blocker as a fullback. They tried to use him as a fullback. They tried it, yeah. but it, the blocking wasn't quite there, which is what I think Red Allison will do yeah. this year. Um, I agree with that. And, you know, the Giants didn't have a true fullback on the roster the last no. two seasons, I think. They didn't have one. I think the last one they had was John Connor, yeah. the Terminator. And, and uh, well, they had Nikita Whitlock as well. Oh, uh, right. But doubled he, never as a play- tackle. he never really played that much. Yeah, the, the fullback hasn't been a big part of McAdoo's offense, which is strange because he came from Green Bay where he had John Kuhn. Who's one of the best fullbacks Ever. we've seen? Yeah. So yeah, but he, Matthew's not big on the fullback, but so I think they probably use maybe extra tight ends this year. Yeah. So maybe Will Ty makes it, but Will Ty, if, if anything, Will Ty is gonna have to do. He's not gonna make the roster as a threat type piece because that's obviously Evan Ingram's job. Yeah. The the way Will Ty is gonna make this roster is that they slide Ellison, in, like you said, in the backfield and make Will Ty block on the line. And he's not a bad blocker on the line. He no. is not good. He's not good in the backfield. No. He's all right on the line, and he can make a living doing that. It's just whether or not the Giants are going to be willing to pay him next year, or the year after, to say we're going to keep you to just get your hands up and stay on the offensive line. And it might not necessarily be worth it, but that's not my call or yours. You know, it's just, yeah. I mean, the, whether they keep a fourth tight end or not will really depend on because if they keep a fourth tight end, they maybe keep. One less linebacker, one less right. corner, or an extra, less lineman. So it depends how Jerry Reese and McAdoo want to configure the whole roster. But I think it's plausible to have four tight ends, but we'll see. And, you know, one thing that I just want to touch on, because you brought up the defense a little bit. Um, defensively speaking, you said the Giants are one of the best in the league, and they proved that last year. Only lost one starter. But linebackers have really been a, a question mark, for lack of a better term, Since for the Antonio Giants. Pierce left. So, yeah. Middle, uh, middle linebacker has been a bit of a revolving door. Right. There's no there's no real Mike piece. And, you know, the Giants are looking and looking and looking. I don't know who's going to be that guy this year. I think last year uh, we saw some great showing from Casillas, who wasn't supposed to be anything special, and then all of a sudden came on strong, get named, gets named captain. Yeah. Really out of nowhere, but... Do you think it continues? Do you think it was a flash in the pan? What, what's your like overall feeling there? I think I think Casillas can repeat that. I I remember he was second on team in tackles, right? Yeah, but I think only just behind Landon Collins. Yeah, and he, yeah, like you said, defensive captain. When he was named captain last year, I remember talking to my roommate, who's a big Casillas fan, loves the way he flies around the field, and I, I'm like, how is Jonathan Casillas our defensive captain? Does this he is he even going to start? And he proved me wrong. He was great. I think. Uh, he was a career special teamer, which is why I was doubting him. He never right. really was a starting linebacker anywhere. We got him from the Patriots, but I guess Belichick turned him into something. I don't know, but he—he, he, I think he played well. If you look at the Giants' linebackers last year, 
There's no big names there. No, no. They rotated four guys into three spots. You got Casillas, Kennard. Uh, Devin Kennard, Keenan Robinson, and Kelvin Shepard. Right. No, none of them are big names, but they played really well together. And no Wani Unga. Yeah, no. Yeah, you had not big names, but better names than we've had in the past. <laughs> um, and they're playing behind a great defensive line and in front of a great secondary. So you don't need them to be anything special just right. to hold their own. I think they played better than they really are last year. And I think they could do it again this year. I think Kennard, his rookie year was great. He had a really uh, – he was injury prone uh, his second year. But then looked, showed flashes again last year of being good. So if he can put it all together, I think he could be a very good outside linebacker. I think Casillas is good. I like Keenan Robinson in coverage a lot. And they replaced Kelvin Shepard with perhaps the future middle, the middle linebacker of the future in B.J. Goodson. Yeah. A lot I'm of excited about a lot of great Goodson. things coming out of camp on him. Uh, they're excited about the way he uh, he's moving around out there. I, apparently, he's been he's laying some people out, which some people are saying, "Don't do that. You're gonna hurt our guys." But McAdoo says he loves the Tony setting. I saw one video of uh, uh, Paul Perkins running up the middle and just got absolutely leveled by B.J. Goodson. But he's setting the tone. Uh, I think he should be an improvement over Kelvin Shepard. Out of the four last year, I thought Kelvin Shepard was the least impressive. Didn't really do a whole lot. He was a run stuffer. Couldn't do anything in coverage. But he never he never blew me away with anything he did, uh, but I think I think Goodson could be the answer. He was fourth round pick two years ago. Uh, didn't really just really just a special teamer last year, but that's how a lot of rookie rookies are. You spend your first year on special teams and you work your way in the next year, especially mid round guys. So I think maybe this is his year to take over at middle linebacker. And if the hype is real, Giants could have a, their uh, their future middle linebacker, which they've been looking for for a long time. Right, absolutely, and you know. You want to check out a few good pieces in the Giants at EmpireRightsBack.com. One of our writers, Matthew Travis, shout out to Matthew Travis, is writing his weekly previews. You don't want to miss them. They are good stuff. He's giving you week-in, week-out predictions of scores, players to watch, everything you can imagine. Make sure you check those out. Sean is pumping out uh, depth chart pieces on the Giants right now, and I'm also pumping out depth chart pieces on the Giants right now. Be sure you check those out. But, Sean, before we take a quick break, I want you to leave us with the – Overall feeling you got for the Giants, where do they end up this season? How does it how does it all end for Big Blue at the end of 2017-2018? I think it's going to be a good year. I think it's going to be another great year for the defense. They were probably top five last year. I think they finished at least top five again this year. I think the offense, the line, I think the offensive line will still be causing us stress, but I think the offense will, with their new weapons, will expand. I'm going to say 11 and five. Again, repeat eleven. Yeah, go well, eleven and five, but I think eleven and five wins the uh, the NFC East this year. I think the Cowboys take a step back. Uh, they got Zeke now suspended for six games. They lost a ton in their secondary. So yeah, I think eleven and five. I think it's good for the division. Win. I'm not going to say Super Bowl right now, but I think they make a playoff run. I don't know how far it goes, but they they win the division. Win at least we'll say at least one playoff game, which is what I like that they, they didn't. They couldn't get the playoff win last year against the Packers, but I think this year they get at least one, maybe maybe two, make a little run. I mean, realistically speaking, I think the best teams in the NFC right now are the Giants, Falcons, and Green Bay are, are really, really good. Detroit, just on the outside of it. Yeah, I would agree. I, Detroit, I think Detroit, I think Detroit, Tampa Bay, Dallas are all in that, that kind of group. Like that lower, like that second tier echelon, yeah. you know? Uh, the Seahawks, maybe the Seahawks are probably tier one right. with, uh, with those other guys you I think, honestly, though. when you get down to the nitty-gritty, it, when you get to the playoffs, it's going to be a big-time toss-up, and who's hot? Yeah, and then who gets home field advantage because the Packers are so good at home, Seattle's so good at home. 
So it really going to depend where those playoff games are being played. But yeah, I think the Giants, they definitely get into the playoffs. Maybe they make a little run. We'll see. All right, folks, you heard it here first. Sean Dyer, co-site expert, saying the Giants going to make a one-game playoff run at a minimum. We'll find out how that goes uh, come time to watch it. But right now we're still in the preseason, and uh, we're going to take a little break. When we come back, you didn't hear from him much in the first block, but we're going to bring John Carroll out to talk all things Buffalo Bills. You won't want to miss it. Empire Rights Back. We'll be right back. And folks, we are back, and I'm sure you've been sitting on the edge of your seat waiting to hear all things from Bill's Mafia. We got John Carroll, our site contributor. There it is, that beautiful voice of John (laughs) Carroll. John, the Buffalo Bills are perhaps one of the biggest enigmas in the NFL, I think would be the perfect term to describe That's a very, very bold term to use. I agree with that. Um, What... I, I don't know, recently they're, they're just making splashes all over the place. What yeah. are your overall feelings? Sammy Watkins, not a Bill anymore. Yeah. What, what, what are you feeling about this team uh, right now? The Bills' offseason has been full of ups and downs, just an absolute roller coaster. They fired Rex Ryan, which is something that everybody wanted. You know, move on from him. He, he was a joke of a head coach. His regime was a joke. Produced Pro Bowl defensive players, but had a bad defense, so that made no sense. But he had these star <laughs> players going to the Pro Bowl and winning Pro Pro Bowl MVP, Lorenzo Alexander, but then the defense was really bad. They Tyra Taylor played even better than the year before, and they restructured his contract. But then they fired Rex. They hired Sean McDermott, a guy from a winning organization out in Carolina, and he's immediately took over. And then their GM, Doug Rarely, got fired the day after the draft. So that was an interesting thing to do. I don't know why you would part ways with your GM after the draft, but he did make a splash. They got a first-round pick from Kansas City last year. So that for next year, so that's gonna be a pretty, hopefully be something at least a decent pick and yeah. And then they just they went on with their draft and then the Bills played their first preseason game on Thursday against Minnesota and Sammy Watkins and Tyra Taylor were connecting pretty well. They were making a lot of completions and then the news came out on Friday that Sammy Watkins was traded to the Rams for quarterback uh, EJ Reigns and uh, that's it. So I don't know. It's been it's been interesting. A lot of ups and downs, and they're they're building. They said they need to build a defense, and then they destroy their offense. So who really knows what they're trying to do there? I think they're trying to build for next season. And they traded. They have six. They now have six. What six picks in the first three rounds of next year's draft? That's incredible. Yeah, it's pretty incredible, and it's something to look forward to. But they're and they're trying to build for next. Obviously, try to build for next year, but they destroyed. They kind of threw in the towel for this year by making the trade. They also traded Ronald Darby this year. They sent him to the Eagles for Jordan Matthews. So they lost receiver and gained receiver. They lost a cornerback and gained another cornerback, and they gained high draft picks for them. But it is a slight downgrade from what they had. And building for next year seems to be the move, but it is only August, so it's kind of discouraging as a Bills fan to see that they kind of threw in the towel already. But who knows? They Maybe they weren't even going to attend this year anyway, or maybe they were, but maybe the moves will pay off in the long run, but that's just going to have to come down to time and have to see where they draft and see where it goes. You know, John, I'm not the best judge of tone, um, but it doesn't seem like you're thrilled with a lot of things that are going on in <laughs> Buffalo right now. I, I, I'm definitely not excited about losing a guy like Sammy Watkins. He was on a contract year, and they didn't pick up his option, but I expected him to have a big year with the Bills because he wants to obviously get that huge, massive contract that I think all the receivers are about to get. 
I think he wanted to be part of that, and I think he needed to have a monster year in order to do that and finally live up to the hype, and then they traded him. So the one time I was really looking forward to seeing Sammy Watkins and not expecting injury, they traded him. So, I mean, <laughs> it, it's definitely questionable, but it, it could pay off. And I, I hear the, the terms that Bill's Mafia are using is post-Brady era, which means, obviously, they're trying to build for the, a good team in the future when Tom Brady isn't on the Patriot, but there's nothing's even come out about Tom Brady retiring anytime soon. So I think fans are just getting a little upset again about how, like, Tom Brady's been dominating the division. But you can't... I don't really think building a team for a Tom Brady era that has no ending in the near future is really ideal either. The Bills have a lot of instableness in their uh, front office. They haven't had a GM for very long, so I think that trading picks that could help you win now for picks that could help you win in three years when you might not even be there is not the best decision. But they just if they have all the faith in the world in the new GM, Brandon Bean, then this could be a good move. But if he's just going to end up being another guy who's fired after three years, then all these picks that he is trading for ends up being pretty useless. So it comes down to what the new, what, uh, the owner does and what the coolers want to do with Brandon Bean. Because if he's gone, then the picks are useless. He stays. They're golden. But yeah, I don't know. It's 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 like it's like two steps back and then one step forward. You know, it's not any... It's, there's no consistency. There's no... Just the only thing we had was hope and then they take the hope away and then... <laughs> So now this the team the team's still out there and they still have they still have faith in Tyrod Taylor but they still got sixteen weeks yeah yeah you know? I think I think it's an interesting I mean I, I understand making a move trying to build a roster for the post Brady era but every year it seems like Brady says he's playing another five years and they just keep saying that every year mm-hmm. so there's really like you said there's no the post Brady era yeah. isn't in sight like you don't know when it's gonna be exactly so. But it's it's some of the like the NBA. It's with the Golden Warrior, the Golden State Warriors. It's like, are we gonna try and battle them now, or are we just gonna wait? And when they're finally broken up, then we'll go after it. And you got some teams that say, all right, they're gonna win it every year mm-hmm. in the West. We're not gonna bother. We're gonna build. We're gonna tear it down, get draft picks, and work towards the future. And you have some teams like the Houston Rockets that are gonna go for it and uh, trade for Chris Paul, try and trade for Melo. Like we're gonna battle them. Right now, in terms of Looking at the Patriots, I don't think the Bills or anyone in that division are really the AFC in a is, is a race for second place. Yeah, they're There's not. No they're not in a position. Yeah. There's nothing they can do really to do what the Rockets did and go for it. Anyway, that's gonna be doing that. It's the Broncos. It's the Chiefs. It's the Raiders. Right. It's the Steelers. I think the Raiders have the best chance this year. In, oh, in my opinion, the Raiders have the best chance this year dethroning the Patriots. Yeah, I think they should keep Brady off the field. If Derek Carr doesn't get hurt last year, I think been, he I think year. Oakland could have definitely been in the Super Bowl last year. Yeah. If Derek Carr doesn't get hurt, absolutely. The one way you beat Brady, the one way you beat Brady is what the the Giants did. You you keep him off the field with a good running game, and you pressure him, and that's what Khalil Mack can do, and then Denver Von Miller can do it. So you need a pass rusher, and the Bills have that a little bit, Lorenzo Alexander, but they're not close enough to where they need to go for it. I don't know if you need to blow it up per se in the the NFL, not so much rebuilding type of thing. I wouldn't even call what the Bills did was necessarily a blow up. No, oh no, it's not. It's not. But if that's what's in the future, I don't. I don't think that's what they should be doing. And it's going to be terrible for you and Bills fans to hear. But yes. I think there's some similarity to what the Bills right now, to what, with the Cleveland Browns. But the Bills are a little f- further in they're, advance. They're well, they're well, like, they have a quarterback. They have a franchise quarterback. Right, because yeah. the Browns went and just loaded up on draft picks. And this year they had eleven of them. Next year they got eleven of them. But like you said, next year you have two first, two second, two third. So next year maybe the year you make the splash 
where you make that push going at Brady's throne and you're trying to add some talent in the draft. And like you said, at least you didn't just get rid of Sammy Watkins and Darby yeah. for picks. You also got Jordan Matthews to replace Watkins, and you got EJ Gaines to replace Darby. They're good players. They are. They're, They're good it's, players. It's a, solid, yeah. it's a downgrade from it Watkins and Darby, but enough of a, but it's not enough of a downgrade to say, because when you look at the amount that you downgraded, add in the picks you got, I wouldn't say it's a complete loss of a trade. Obviously, no. this, the outlook on 2017 is now a little bit dimmer. Right. But now the outlook 2018 and beyond Six is Six picks in the first three rounds is pretty incredible. Absolutely. I mean, that that's a lot of room for improvement and a lot of room for error, too, because you never know how picks are going to well, work yes. out. Yeah. But the more picks you have, the more you could you can move them. Right, you move exactly. up in the drafts, you move back. You could do a lot of things There's with those. There's a lot to play with. If you have two first-rounders, maybe you package them together and you move up into the top five next year if you're not yeah. already there and you grab a, a, a franchise quarterback if it's not Tyrod. I next think Tyrod could be the guy, though. I think it could be, too, but next year's quarterback class is deep, so maybe True. you're looking... If there's a guy you fall in love with, maybe you move up for him. If not... You sit there, you grab two guys in the first round that you surround Tyrod with a weapon or somebody on the Something, defense. Yeah. So I think I, I, it's not a it's not it's not going to make fans happy right now. But I think once the dust settles and you look back and you take a look at what yeah. exactly you got, what you gave up, it's not a bad trade. But mm-hmm. I think it may be a little like you said. I think Sammy Watkins could have had a breakout year. Yeah, I think contract contract your guys usually have big years, especially mm-hmm. in the NFL. That's what they looking for that money. Uh, and NFL is a what have you done for me lately yeah. kind of league. Like, it doesn't matter if you had three great years, which Sam Watkins has, has been injury played yeah, for three years. Played. But even if he was Absolutely. a pro bowl three years in a row, if he comes out and puts up a dud this year, he's not, not getting get all that, that money. Uh-huh. Yep. So this was the year that maybe he comes out and blows us all away. Because coming out of Clemson, he was unbelievable. He was easily, he was, like, he goes before Mike Evans and Odell Beckham Jr. And yeah. people look back at him He was traded up for him. Bills gave up a first-round pick in 2015 to, to get up to guarantee that they get him. Right, and people crazy. people look back and laugh at the Bills. They're, oh my God, you took Sammy Watkins, you had Odell and Mike Evans. At the time, you would have never taken one of those two. No, and Odell was hurt. Yeah. Like, Odell was injured. Oh, Evans was nowhere near the caliber of a wide receiver that Sammy Watkins. Watkins was so dominant. Oh, college. far and away the best yeah. wide receiver in that class. Without no a doubt. Question yeah. Without a doubt. Like you cannot. And he's the most NFL ready at the time. Absolutely. Like, you cannot blame everything. the Bills at all. And no. if you, and health has been his biggest issue. Yep. When he's on the field, he plays well. It's, it's not like when he's yeah. out there, he's terrible. He's just not out there enough. Right. And if he's healthy, maybe he is the receiver that everyone thought he would be. And maybe he's better than Odell. I mean, maybe not better than Odell, but he could be better than Mike Evans. I, yeah. And maybe and possibly Odell. I, when he, you you don't know without a full season of health and. Maybe he does that out in L.A. now, but obviously, yeah, for Bills fans, if it, it'll, be, it'll be more frustrating if he puts together that mm-hmm. sick career year and he's not in Buffalo. Right. After so, waiting three years for it. Right. And, you know, John, I just want to ask you because you're, you're, you're a big believer in Tyrod, and I'm, I, I'm as well. I think there's reason to believe that Tyrod could be the guy of the future and will be the guy of the future, but it's tough to watch and be a quarterback in the time when you see your best really good threat that you were going to have as a quarterback, go. He's gone. What do you think, if you could get in the mind of Tyrod right now, what do you think he's thinking? Because he he has the talent to be that number one guy. Yeah, if I'm Tyrod right now, I'm I'm very scared. I mean, it's hard. It's really hard. He says he blocks out all the outside noise. It's very difficult. But if I'm Tyrod, I see that you just traded away my best target and someone who I was – just clicking with hours before on the field, you trade him away, you trade him to a different coast, a different time zone, 
and then you're sitting there saying the Bills have two picks in the first round, two picks in the second round, and two picks in the third round. So even if I'm an average quarterback, they have six picks. They're going to try and get a quarterback and replace me. So if I'm Tyra, now I have to play with this massive chip on my shoulder. He already had to get his contract restructured. They already thought He already thought he wasn't going to survive the Sean McDermott move. They already thought he was going to get moved on. They retained him, and now they do this. So no matter what he really does, he kind of has to keep playing and keep playing for his job. So if I'm tired, I'm I'm like focused on the season and more dialed in on that, but I'm also very worried because they have six picks now to replace him if he doesn't even if he doesn't if he's not what they're looking for. Right, you know, Sean just said the NFL is a what have you done for me mm-hmm. lately thing, and nobody they take away your best option, and it doesn't matter that they do that. Yeah. They still want you to have a good it's year, still, yeah, which still is the ridiculous. Of the team. Which it's is ridiculous. Them, yeah, it is. I think. So so how do you keep? How could you even keep playing? At yeah. that point, and play well, and then you have you're gonna have with that team and the options that he has, yeah. you're gonna have bad weeks. Yeah, and, Jordan Matthews is on you know, his like when he's dropping or he has his phases where he can't catch the ball, and then who does Sammy have? I mean, they have rookies A. Jones, but he hasn't played a snap in the NFL yet. And like so you, you don't know how well they're gonna play together. And you know that, and you've noted that Zay Jones is a very very talented guy. Yeah, but he's a catch again, machine. Has never played a game in the he's NFL. Never played a snap. So when you're Tyrod. How can you go? I, this is my biggest problem with the entire thing because you got to look at Tyrod and understand. There's a whole thing thing of understand a good player or a great player when you have it, mm-hmm. and Tyrod has the potential to be a great player yeah. and be a really good quarterback in the NFL. That's just how Absolutely. I think of him. And when you're not giving that guy the opportunity to do well, you're only giving giving him the opportunity to fail. Is entirely not fair, and there, who's to say you need to be fair in the NFL? But if you're a Bills fan and you're rooting for Tyrod, absolutely, and you watch this whole thing happen, it's got to be discouraging. It's definitely discouraging. I mean, they have a good offensive line, and they have Shady McCoy as of now. I mean, they're, 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 they seem to be blowing up their offense, but I mean, they have a good old line. But that doesn't—I mean, a good old line doesn't help if you still have to stand in the pocket and wait for a receiver to get open for that long. So I mean, it's definitely discouraging to see. Like you, they like you want Tyrod to be the guy, and like he played two, like first Pro Bowl quarterback in over ten years since Drew Bledsoe was the last one before Tyrod. Jesus, he gets named a back-to-back Pro Bowl. <laughs> like they've been saying, and we've been saying all day, it doesn't matter what you used to do; it matters what you are capable of doing. And if Tyrod has to double his workload and doesn't have any open threats, and Sammy Watkins is gone, and if Jordan Matthews fizzles out, then he really has nothing besides just handing the ball off to to Shady. And you can't tell a franchise quarterback by someone who does that. So it's definitely. It's not. It's definitely a bad feeling, and it's, it's a sinking feeling. But most of all, it's just shocking to like to see the news of back to back in like ten minutes that Sammy Watkins is gone, and your defense, your best defensive cornerback's gone, and now Tyrod has to play. Is already playing with a chip on his shoulder. Has even more of a chip on his exactly. shoulder. It's just, That's just, it's just so happening. Hard. It happens so quick. It's just, I don't it's like just that. a shocking move. Mm. It's just an abs- It's just it's mind blowing how quickly it unraveled. Yeah, I mean John John wrote uh, on the site an article about why Tyrod should be the man. And he loads the last, his last, Tyra's last two seasons. If you look at the statistics, they're practically identical. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If anything, 2016 was a little bit better. And after 2015, the Bills give him a contract extension. He puts up similar numbers, if not a little bit better, in 2016. And they asked him to restructure his contract. He said, give the money back. It's, it doesn't. Which he but, agreed to, which is, yeah, he didn't have he to. Wants, he, did. he wants he's, to be the guy. He's been, and he's he's been, want, he knows because in Buffalo, he has a chance to be the franchise quarterback. Yeah, and been, that's what he's been dreaming of. He's been and, a team player. They've been, they've been yeah. screwing him. Yeah, he's been a team player. He wants to be there. And, yeah, they've they've put very little faith in him. 
It's um, crazy. Especially now because you have a guy mm. with a new GM. This yeah. He has no allegiance to Tyrod. He didn't bring him in nope. here. He didn't give him these contracts. And now, like you just saw, he had no allegiance to Sammy Watkins and Ronald Darby, mm. two of their better players, yeah. and they're gone. So Tyrod can't be found. And you know much. what it is, too, with anybody who's involved with uh, a big-time league, a big-time sports league, down to the refs and the umpires in baseball and Everybody wants their five minutes of fame, and this guy will absolutely blow up Tyrod Taylor just to get his name in the papers. Because people love to do it. It's just what guys love to do. If he's going to draft a quarterback, and it's going to cause controversy, and you get Sean McDermott in the news, he's going to love it. He doesn't care because, like Sean said, he has no allegiance to Tyrod. He can bring in a guy next year, throw it over your shoulder. It doesn't even matter to him. You know? Yeah. They can take, like, like I said, the first the six picks in three rounds. They could just take a quarterback and just say, oh, Tyra's got competition just to, because he wants to. And Tyra's not his guy. Sammy Watkins and Ronald Darby weren't his guy. And he traded them without even really I mean, making it obvious. He Sean, just did it. So. Sean McDermott said this offseason that, t- that the quarterback position in Buffalo was a competition. It was not mm-hmm. Tyra's job. But who, Competing with TJ Yates, TJ Yates who and Nathan Peterman. On Thursday night. And Nathan, Nathan Peterman, Peterman was a fourth-round pick out of Pittsburgh. fourth-round pick out of Pitt. It was an average college quarterback. And McDermott's not going to – doesn't even come out and – Put allegiance into Tyrod and say this is his. This is his How job. How can you? Not, I just don't get it. Like it's one thing if they just drafted a first or second round quarterback, but a fourth round quarterback in TJ Yates, who is not a starting quarterback no. in the NFL. No, to I say that Tyrod's got to earn his spot and win that job, I get that everyone's got to earn their spot. Mm-hmm. But you don't have to you don't just tell Tyrod behind closed doors. You like just tell the whole team everyone's got to earn their spots. You don't go out in the media. And say that Tyrod, after being your quarterback like for the last two years, and he's getting better. It's, yes, it's, and he's improved. He's, and you say no, you have to earn your spot. Yeah. TJ Yates might come take it from you. No, he's not. He's not. No, yet. he's not. He's just. It's just not going to happen. Nothing could happen no, in the preseason absolutely. that's going to make TJ Yates overtake Tyrod Taylor. It's not going to happen. So there's no point God. in saying nope. Tyrod's got to earn his spot. He hasn't. He hasn't done enough yet because he has. For the last. For the last four minutes, I'm not even a Bills fan. The last four minutes have been more aggravated I've ever been in my entire <laughs> life being a Giants yeah. fan. I, I don't know I how do, you do it, John, too, who've been a Bills fan I your can't, whole life. You're, how do you make it this far? <laughs> I'd be a Chargers fan at this point He's, if I was still a Bills fan. Well, <laughs> he asked me today if the Giants uh, fans are taking applications now that, that Sammy's gone. There you go. I mean, I was enraged at that point, but yeah, <laughs> it just... It, it's, it's questionable, but... Oh, my God. I'm fuming at that conversation. You know, guys... Um, there's one more team that you could be worse if you're... <laughs> there's, yeah. there's one more team we'll get there, but first, John, man, you, you, John's the best Bills guy we got, and you got to really check out some of his writing because he really keeps you up to date on all things Bills, and if you're a Bills Mafia person, you're going to love what this guy's putting out. So, John... We really appreciate all you had to say about no, Buffalo no Bills. And he's, he's sticking around because we're still talking yeah. AFC East and we come back. Possibly the worst team in the NFL, the New York Jets. We're talking about them when we come back. Empire Rights Back. We'll be right back. the heat die down a little bit after that last block after talking Bills, but <laughs> it's just going to boil back up. None of us are Jets fans here, we, we'll, but it's it's just too fun to, to miss out talking about, talking about Jets football. We why, got not? It. why not? I mean, it makes me feel a little bit better. <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, you're an AFC's guy, you're a Bills guy, but yeah. I had the distinct honor, the, the pleasure, if you will, of going to Jets training camp 
and getting to watch everything that's going on and you know, man, you watch Quincy and Noon would go down and you're like, God, what what do we gotta do? Can't you're, catch a break. They can't catch anything. No. <laughs> the, the, that's no like no, pun, intended, hey, pun entirely <laughs> intended. Their best target right now, Robbie Anderson. God bless Robbie Anderson. The man looks like a high school athlete. He is like six five. Like, yeah, tall, tall guy, but lanky as anyone I've ever seen. He looks like if you took a box of un- uncooked spaghetti and just kind of glued together five pieces, one the body, two the arms, two the legs, that's Robbie Anderson. <laughs> this man is just so lanky and long. He put on weight, according to according to sources, he put on weight going into this offseason. And Robbie Anderson, if you're a listener of this podcast, I'm not ripping on you. You're, very, you're fast and you're talented, but you're a slot guy. You cannot play on the outside in this league. I don't care how tall you are. You you weigh a hundred I think seventy pounds soaking wet. That is he's just not the guy. No. Quincy Anunwa could have been a very good wide receiver one. I was I was a little I was excited going into this year about Quincy Anunwa. I thought he was going to be he was great last year. Uh, I think he's not a number one receiver in the NFL. He was better as a three with De- with yeah, uh, Decker and Marshall. But I don't I don't think he would have been a, a terrible wide receiver one, especially yeah. for no. the Jets. They needed something like that. He he's got a lot of speed and yeah, it's. Terrible. It's, it's so upsetting because, you know, the thing with the Jets going into this year and it seems like every year is the quarterback situation. Uh, yeah. And, you know, they get rid of Fitzmagic and they let him walk and that's – I thought that was a great decision. Yeah, the Fitzmagic it ran out. It yeah, it's, it's just not – he wasn't – He ran out of Buffalo. Right. He wasn't <laughs> – yeah, when he started. And, you know, it wasn't going to – he wasn't going to be the guy – and they get they have two young quarterbacks, Bryce Petty, who I think could be a good NFL quarterback, Christian Ackerberg, who I also think could think be a good NFL option. quarterback. I think Christian Ackerberg, like Sean just lightly said, is the better option. I I, I wrote I about it. That. I think he could be. And they go out and get, you know, they get McCown, they get Josh McCown, who, look, he's been a starter, he's been a backup, he's been around the block. He to me should be there more of a coach. Yeah, to the underdog. He's, he's, he's going to show them the ropes. Right. And that should have been it. That should have been the end of it. And then Quincy Numa gets hurt, and it's like, all right, well, now. Now what? on the cage. Yeah. Because the offensively, the running, I mean, they had Matt Forte and Bilal Powell, who are not, Forte's getting a little long in the tooth, but those are right. solid running backs. And Forte's still hurt. You yeah. don't know when he's going to be back on the field. Yeah, but when you look at their receiver, the receivers, all there was was a new one. And tight end was after last year. They basically they just didn't even have a tight end on the roster. How little they used one. They have Austin Safarian Jenkins and Jordan Leggett, but I think Leggett could be pretty good. But and Safarian Jenkins has never lived up to his potential. No, he's just got the size, and that's about it. But so they're they're whoever was under center, their only reliable target was a new one, and now he's gone. So that's just gonna it's gonna hurt. Whoever, whatever, whichever young quarterback they pick, Petty or Hackenberg. It's got to be Hackenberg. I think it's going to be Hackenberg. I think McCown starts the year yes, there. Yes, yeah. But when this, this loss is going to pile up quickly. It's going to yeah. be quickly. By week five, by week, one, five, week one six. One six or yeah. something like that. Then I think you move into a younger guy. But whichever younger guy you pick, I think it will should be and will be Hackenberg. Part of a young quarterback's development, they got to have protection from their offensive line and at least one or two reliable targets. Well, you know who what is Hackenberg going to throw this ball to? Right, and you know what it is, like, Every young quarterback that usually comes into the league has a veteran wide receiver who is going to be like, look, kid, you're here to throw the ball and do your job. I'll catch it. Yeah. Just put it on me. I'll catch yeah. it. 
who are his his options are like I said, Robbie Anderson, or Darius Stewart, and Chad Hansen. Nobody's going out and buying those jerseys. No, the, they are three around. options who. Two I, of them are rookies that are also now learning yeah, the ropes. They're trying to are, transition. None as well. of them. I mean, our Darius Stewart I, was a third round pick, and I think Hansen was a fourth. So, like mid to late talent there, but they're not going to blow up the stat sheet. They're yeah. not going to do anything substantial. Our no. Darius Stewart's an Alabama guy. But we've seen Alabama players bust as offensive players. We've seen them not do well. I don't. Chad Hansen is quick and he is more of a slot guy and that's probably where they're going to play him but it doesn't he's just not, there's nobody there for any of those three quarterbacks to throw the ball to and think this guy's going to go up and get it if I put him out on the island he'll go get the ball anything like that and yeah. it's, it's just tough it's just tough to be a Jet fan right now I think at, well, at a minimum they win maybe two games I think two games would be a great season for them I think more, more so. One, I mean, there was a, there was a tweet that now that Cutler is playing for Miami, they have a chance at two more wins, and I think Cutler is awful, but I think they have a bit, much better team than the Jets Absolutely. outside of quarterbacks, and they'll probably still beat them. Their defense yeah. is still stellar, in Miami. Yeah, so they, I mean, yeah, they, I mean, they play the Bills twice and the Dolphins twice. Yeah, maybe it's tough. It's tough for any team to, aside from the Patriots, to win all the divisional games. So maybe the Jets cannot get one win there. But the, I guess the the one bright spot they have in terms of receivers is now these young guys, Stewart right. and Hanson, are going to get a ton of reps and play almost the entire year and develop, and that's good for the receivers. But in terms of a developing quarterback, it's it like we help. said, what have you done for me lately? And it could be so quickly where you you only have a small window to prove yeah, yourself. Exactly. And if it takes them a full year, Hackenberg, a full year of drop passes, and it, it just becomes. Because when you can't rely on your receivers, you try and force things. You throw into tight windows, and that turns into turnovers. And it turns into the hanging head. You're, you're, Everybody's yeah, seen it. You're yeah. throwing picks because you don't trust your receiver to get open, so you're throwing it way too early. You're making these bad decisions. turns into turnovers, and then quickly New York media will just destroy half of oh, He's not an NFL quarterback. And the he's name, a, the name offers you so much. He's a hack. Oh, like, hack exactly. Yeah, it'll, it'll, be just, all, it'll be headlines everywhere. Yeah, headlines everywhere, and then, then they go. Then them. Then they're gonna probably gonna have a top top pick next year. If we're yeah, saying yeah. Bad, they're gonna be as bad as they're the number one pick. They got and if Hackenberg is struggling and throwing interceptions, and you just said the quarterback depth is de- incredible. It's a deep QB class, and they're gonna take another one. You start the cycle over again. They need to give Hackenberg a chance, but not jump on him and say, "Oh, he's throwing some picks." Really look at what he's working with. Right. What you, you gotta really, give him the option. What do you legitimately expect Hackenberg to do in this offense? What do you want to see from him as a Jet fan? You can't expect much. Stay healthy. I don't... Th- don't throw too many interceptions. I mean, because you, you can't ask him to trust his receivers. No. If he's... There's if he's, no if trust. He, They're he, all trying to earn a job at this point. Yeah, if he came in last year, his rookie year, and you gave him reps last year, which they should have when the season was over, and he's throwing to Brandon Marshall, Eric Decker, and Quincy Numa, then you say, you should be trusting your receivers. Just They're professionals. They're going to get it. You can't you no. can't tell him to do that with this with this squad. There's no chemistry there either, so it's not even like he can just try no, and read what they're gonna yeah. do. Or he just he's yeah, pretty but, much a lame duck. Right, but that's one of the positives, I guess, in terms of chemistry is they're all coming in the league together. Hackmore's got a year under his belt, but no playing time. So these guys are all kind of just learning learning the ropes together, and hopefully it's a future towards towards something. I don't know. I mean, all, offensively. The, uh, the real bright spot for the Jets is on the defense side yeah. of the ball. Mm-hmm. I was just First round pick, Jamal Adams. Second round pick, his fellow safety, Marcus May. 
both seem to be big time leaders, big and time clicking. players. They're clicking in that camp right now. Yeah, they are the real thing. That they're, they're the people to watch. Oh the yeah, this year. and you know when I went to camp and um, the whole thing about Adams is that he's he just seems like the future. You know, everybody is breathing the breathing the light into Jamal Adams. It's all the yearbooks got him all over it. Pictures on the stadium are all him posing with everything that you can imagine. And it's just, it's going to be his team in two years' time at the latest. And that's fine. I think that's a great thing for the Jets. And, but the problem, the problem with everything is that as good as Adams is going to be and as much of a leader, he, he'll be a captain. You said it in at least two years. I think next, he could be next the captain year, next year. Why, why not this year? Look, look at who they have on their really? defense. Look who they have on that defense. Uh, who's gonna? Sheldon Richardson's not a captain. No, Sheldon Richardson's a, is just not not a leader maybe, at all. Maybe, maybe um, Muhammad Wilkerson Le- or, Le- or Leonard, Williams Leonard Williams could take it. But the real leader on that defense is David Harris. They cut him. Yeah. So I I think I think Adams is the defensive captain next year, definitely. And I think he'll, he has a possibility to get this year. Right. And I think the hardest part for the Jets right now is it's exciting. Their defense is good. Yeah, their defense, their secondary, their secondary is everybody's saying how good their secondary looks. They're young and they're all clicking together, and that's very good for them. Their line is good. Linebackers the are all right, great. and which is unbelievable as Jets fans. That is a good thing to see with an offense that's going to struggle so much this year. At least you're excited on the defensive side of the ball, but when your quarterback is probably going to throw more interceptions than touchdowns yeah. this year, it's just going to get aggravating. Yeah. To but because, that's, because that's what the defense can only do so much. Exactly. You keep throwing interceptions, and the defense has to keep going back on the field. It, and they get tired. We've seen, it as, we've seen it as Giants fans for years. Yeah. We've seen it. If you turn the ball over, no no defense can play as much like that much on the field. No. Everybody, every Everybody's a human, worn, and everybody they, gets they get, tired. They get worn down, and then the points start to pile up, and then it gets to the point where your offense can't possibly keep up, and they're trying to throw balls even deeper downfield, forcing an even tighter coverage to make up for a deficit. And it's just a vicious cycle of turnover, right. touch, opponent, touchdown. But yeah, especially yeah. in that division too. But then you see, uh, obviously, nobody's giving the Jets a chance this year. It's zero and sixteen, one and fifteen, two and fourteen. The Je- you see the Jets defensive players saying that people can say as much as they want. We know we have a good defense, and we're gonna we're gonna prove people wrong. What I think is that if the Jets end up winning, like let's say even say five to six wins, and I know that's stretching it a lot. But if they, let's say, win five to six games, everyone's going to say, oh, the Jets' defense is just that good that they were able to get that many wins. So I think if you're a Jets fan, and they, even if like a little bit of hope would be like even a four, five, six win season, that's, then that's you just know how good your defense is because you know that it'll be all on the defense, just holding opponents, like even giving the offense, oh, score like eight touchdowns and we can win this game. Yeah, they're going to have to win so like So that's what 14, it comes down to. Yeah, like, if they can pull off a few of those, you're going to be like, all right, this, this, defense like, is, this defense is for real, and then this is what we got, and if we get a quarterback, we're in good shape. But that's a, a much easier said than done. No, right, I, absolutely. Too. And, you know, I think that Sean said their D-line is great, and it is. It's great. A lot of talent. And Leonard Williams is Isn't incredible. He's incredible. And Wilkerson is really great, you know, it's just like... You could have made the last couple of years, you could have made the argument that Leonard Williams should have been the number one pick in his draft, fell to the Jets. Yep. And you could have made an argument that Jamal Adams was deserving of the number one pick this year, and he fell to the Jets. Yeah. So you have two young guys that could be the cornerstones of your defense for eight, ten years, maybe? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and their offense is just the the part that's just going to be... 
is just going to be bad, and they're going to and Jazz fans are going to have to get through it. But you really never know. I mean, we're saying this without seeing them play a game together. So what if they go out there and somehow, some way, our Darius Stewart, Robbie Anderson are just clicking with Hagenberg? Who's to say? I mean, we could go out. That's that's like a lot of hope and speculation, yeah. but you really don't know. Any and that's given the best. Sunday. Any given Sunday, and like that's the best part of professional sports. Yeah, anybody can beat anyone at any time. Absolutely, especially. Uh, we don't. How do we know? We don't know. Maybe Brady goes down with an injury, and we're. I mean, obviously, Patriots still with Jimmy G, but that gives anybody a better chance to beat them. Right, and the right, Jets yeah. could Jets could run to somebody's backup quarterback any week and get a win. You I never know. know what's going to happen down the road, especially with defenses. Yeah, right? their defense is if, so if, good. If somebody on their on their schedule quarterback goes down and they're going up against that backup quarterback, that defense will take advantage of a backup yes, quarterback absolutely. and win a and game. Yeah. And you know, with the, the quarterbacks in that division, we talked about Tyrod. Tyrod's a good quarterback, but same problem with Hackenberg. T- Tannehill's already down. Yeah, Tannehill's, Tannehill's right, down. So we already got a backup quarterback in Miami. Yeah, and that's two, uh, just an awful quarterback two, in Miami. Two games a year, we got to have Cutler. Right, and that sh- those should be wins. I don't think the Miami Dolphins are anything to bat an eye at. Uh, I think they're a good team, but Watch out for when Cutler starts to turn the ball that's over. That's what I'm saying. Then... Especially in, in a defense that's going to get turnovers. That Jets defense is going to merit turnovers. And, you know, look at the Bills. They We just talked about the blow-up of yeah. the offense. They, they can split with the Bills. Sorry, John. If the, Bills can probably, if the Bills have a bad offense, that's all the Jets need. It's just, the exactly. Bills, it could and be losing 13-10 to the, to the Bills or winning 13-10. Who knows? Yeah. Games will at least be close. Well, you know, I mean, that's pretty much the, the toughest speculation of the Jets is when do we get out of whatever we're in? And that doesn't look anywhere yeah. in the near future right now. It's just, it because if, like you said, again, this is all speculation, but if they go out in the draft, if they have anywhere in the one to five area of top picks, which they probably will. I assume at least top three at, at this point. At least point, top I mean, three. Yeah. Four wins And they get three. a quarterback just because. It just starts the cycle. It just starts over again. It just yeah. starts over. And that's just so aggravating. But you know, yeah. I mean, I wrote I wrote on Friday that if the Jets only get one thing out of this season, it should be an idea of what the plan is at quarterback moving forward. Yes, you know it's not McCown. I I would I have no problem with them starting McCown at the end of the year if you don't think those young guys are ready. But at some point, the season will be lost, and it mm-hmm. won't take long before they're putting up an O for whatever. You got to get Petty and or Hackenberg reps to find out what you have because yeah, you can't. Because if, if, say, McCown plays most of the season or it's, only, it's McCown and Petty and you never see Hackenberg for two years in a row, and then you have a top three pick and you take a new guy, you're really going to give up on Hackenberg without ever seeing him take a snap in the NFL? Yeah, you ridiculous. can't do that. You have to find out what exactly what you have with all of these guys. I mean, you know you have McCown. He's, he's just a bridge quarterback. But you have to find out. And you saw some of Petty last year, but you got to find exactly what these two young guys are so you can have an idea of... Do we need to take a quarterback in the top three next year? Or do we have our guy quarterback and we can now add something around him in the top three? Yeah, and I really like Bryce Petty too. But big on him. Yeah, he he well he he was a winner in college. Yeah. And he was just and he was good yeah. at what he did and he's got the pedigree coming out of Baylor, but again, you never know. Penn State also breeds NFL ready players. Well Hagerberg coming out of high school, five star recruit. Goes to Penn State with Bill O'Brien, the Texans head coach, was the quarter, uh, the head coach then. People thought he was destined to be the number one pick when he came out of high school. Went to Penn State, like, oh, give it three years to leave, and he played. He started every single game in his three years at Penn State, but 
turn the ball over a little too much to beat the number one pick. But yeah. second round pick, he's that's a that's a enough of an investment in a player that you need to see what he can do before you move on. He could be a diamond in the rough for this Jets team. Yeah, Maybe and that's really what that's what and that could set up a franchise for a good amount of years if you could find a quarterback not in the first round. Just look at the Seahawks; they find Russell Wilson in the third round. That's a cheap. The, the most expensive position is quarterback. You can get a guy not in the first round. You're paying him six figures. Yeah. You're paying him six figures. Yeah, to be your franchise quarterback, and then you surround him with, you put all your money into other positions. That could just change a franchise if you could find a quarterback not anywhere past the first round of the draft. So if it works out for the Jets and Hackenberg, it'd be huge. So they got to find out. Right. And you know what? I think we should ease out of the Jets talk for the time being. We could talk about him another time, but God. The emotions are running high in the Empire Rates back room right now. <laughs> yeah. the, this podcast yep. has reached an all-time high of aggravation, oh, yes. and Indeed. the NFL season hasn't even started yet, but that's what makes the preseason that's, so good. Yeah, people yeah. say yeah. preseason doesn't yeah. matter, and Absolutely. listen to us, we're going oh, off, and it watch. clearly yeah. does. Definitely um, does. Gotta watch. Yeah, and you know, I think, you know, we should take it through our, our final thoughts. I, I want to do one, just because this has been so heated, and... We didn't come in prepared to do them, so I think coming off the cuff, I'll just start to give you guys a chance to think. But my final thought uh, this week, and usually I go with the Giants because I'm a Giants guy, and I've already given one that Evan Ingram's going to lead the team in touchdowns this year. Um, So I'm going to stray from that. I'm going to stick with the Jets conversation that we've been talking about. I'm going to say my final thought is Christian Hackenberg, is going to be on the field by week four, okay. early, week yeah. four, um, and he might merit a win. I think he might get one win. Which would week four, huh? Week four, yeah, and okay. I, th- I think he might get one win. And believe me, it'll be the biggest thing for the Jets. If Christian Hagenberg gets one win, start start buying your tickets to yeah. be in Canton, Ohio by 2035 <laughs> because yeah. Hackenberg's getting to the Hall of Fame. But that's it. Um, that's my final thought, and we're going to go to Bill's Mafia to my left. What do you got, John? What's your final thought of the week? Final thought of the week? Oh, man. Uh, on what? Just the Jets or just in general? Give me your, you want. What, what do you think? What do you Going One into the season, prediction what's your final th- prediction? Um, I think the Giants will host and win a playoff game. I have to agree with that. I think hosting is the key word there. They do. The Giants have done a lot on the road, but I think they will win a playoff game at home this season. I think that's the, the safest okay. prediction that I have. Well done. No hope for the Jets at all. And little, little less hope for the Bills now. They could have a decent year, but yeah, Giants will win a home playoff game. Love that, Sean. All right, my final thought. I'm gonna stay, I'm gonna go with the Jets as well. Uh, we're all big fans of Jamal Adams. Love him. Mm-hmm. My final thought. I think Jamal Adams wins Defensive Rookie of the Year this year. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I think he's yeah. gonna be huge for that team on and off the field. Like. Not even just in the box scores. You look at the numbers, whatever tackles and interceptions he puts up. I think he's going to be one of the biggest leaders in that, in that locker room and help the Jets get through what's going to be a very tough season. Um, and like you got like a guy like Adams. He came from LSU. He's not used to losing a lot of games. And a lot of these college, these top draft picks, they go to winning college programs, and they got to learn how to lose. Um, but I think he's going to help them work through this rough season, win defensive rookie of the year, and... Uh, he may not get defensive captain, but I think he's gonna he's gonna act like one. All right, I like that. And you know, just uh, a little two cents here. 
Landon Collins is going to win Defensive Player of the Year. That's that's a fact. Okay. That's not a final thought. That's going to happen. <laughs> um, that's that's okay. going to happen. Darby out should, on the Eagles now. Should have won it last year. He's going to win it this should've year. Should have won it last yeah, year. Yeah, he's going to win it this year. It's fine. Every, every dog has their day. And like that, our day is over. So we're going to kick it to the weekend, guys. We have a whole lot of stuff coming out for you at uh, EmpireRightsBack.com. We got weekly series with week in and week out game predictions. And we also got our daily series that Sean's coming out with uh, uh, with their depth chart pieces about the New York Jets and the New York Giants. Quarterbacks are already out there. Don't forget to keep your eye out for running backs, wide receivers, anything, any position. Sean's got it covered. I got up the depth chart coming about the New York Giants. Same type deal. John John, everything Buffalo Bills. You won't want to miss it. Got a drought series. Got a drought, drought series, series, Buffalo Bills. Yeah. A lot of series coming at you guys. And uh, with that, we're going to kick it to the weekend. Don't forget to follow us on social media, on Facebook, just search Empire Rights Back, on Twitter, at Empire Rights Back, back spelled B-C-K. Don't forget to follow Sean on Twitter, Sean R. Dyer. John, throw your Twitter handle out there. John Carroll 55 Yeah, don't forget to follow him, John Carroll 55 and don't forget to follow me, your boy, at Hey It's Franklin 6 on Twitter. And with that, folks, that was our NFL preseason package. Let's take it to the weekend. Don't come out, don't come out, don't come out, don't come out.